Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. The society, the world tells us about money every day. Wherever we turn, we're being told about money. All these billboards we find on the way is all about money. Yeah? But it's interesting to know that money matters to God. You know? Money matters to God, and money matters matter to God. I don't know how many, let's take a guess. How can, who can guess two of the most talked about topics in the Bible? Of course, I'll give you a new one. <laughs> Pardon? Wealth and sin. You are there. <laughs> any other topic? Love. Love. Pardon? Health. Mm -hmm. Oh, hell. 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 Okay, okay. So let's assume we have those four. Can you guess the top two in terms of the ones that the Bible has dedicated a lot of time talking about them? So we have, you said? Wealth and sin. Those are two. Said love. Said hell. Top two. Money and love. That's correct. So who can guess which one is, comes first? Money. <laughs> Actually, there are approximately 2,500, 350 verses in the Bible dedicated to money. Who can approximately guess love? How many verses are dedicated to love? Just an approximation. 2,000? Uh-huh. 2,000, lower, higher? Is that a fair guess? Yeah? Any other takers? There are approximately 300 verses dedicated to love. Yes. So I think the main thing I'm bringing out here is that money actually matters. Society speaks to us all the time about money, but we need to be the people dictating the message about money from God's word. You know, just think about your typical day. Whatever you do when you wake up in the morning, you'll use something that has been purchased or you've acquired through some form of exchange. Yeah? Okay, you can say maybe the shirt I'm wearing I was gifted, but it cost someone. Someone purchased it. Hoping they did not steal it from the production line. They actually spent money on it. So, if you look at just your daily life, we spend money a lot, you know. And even in the Bible, Jesus talked about money in the New Testament more than anything else. More than anything else, Jesus talked about uh, money. And even if you look at the Great Commission we've been given, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, meaning you cannot accomplish the Great Commission without money. You know, so I think the main important message I want to bring is that money matters to God, and money matters matter to God. Nimaopoteza? Yes. Good, good, good. For those who are married and went through premarital counseling, one of the biggest topics that are there, that is there, is actually on finances, on money. There are some decisions or some conversations it is better to have on this side of the wedding than on this other side of the wedding regarding money and finances and it will help you a lot and why because if you look at statistics so many homes have broken down because of this thing they talk of infidelity but also money has ruined so many marriages so many families so this it's important just to know what god's word says about this so this month we'll be going through some aspects of it of course we cannot cover everything and we'll just delve right into it so the first thing we want to look at this week is about the issue of debt so this week we'll talk about debt we all know what debt means i mean it's something uh especially money that is owed to someone else i can owe you something you can owe me something but most of the time when you talk about debt it's mostly uh to do with money you know and and, and please actually that's where i want to come to you know <laughs> If, if, if you look at um, your phone, eh? go to Play Store, you'll discover, as, in fact, as at last year, one count last year, I counted that there were at least 49 lending apps. 49 lending apps. 
actually I never knew more than five and I thought they were those were all the only ones not 10 not 20 not 30 not 40 at least 49 and that was as at last year if you go to your play store and just type lending apps in Kenya you see them uh, I don't know apps to what wi so I don't know probably and I understand iPhone guys you send them in pesa they receive in Bitcoin yeah? <laughs> so, so the struggle seemed to be with us Android guys <laughs> and even the CBK governor Patrick Njoroge said that uh, these apps are displaying Shylock-like behavior, disguising behind nice-looking applications, you know. And you know what a Shylock is, yeah? We call them loan sharks. These people, they charge exorbitant rates to you, yeah? And let me give you an example. If I give you, let's say I'm giving you a loan, and I come and tell you that I'll give you a loan, I won't even charge you interest. I will not charge you interest. But there's a facilitation fee of 10%. Yeah. Then I need you to pay me in one month. So it seems manageable, but if you analyze, analyze that rate, you're paying around 120% per annum. See, and many people find themselves in a hole, mainly because of these apps that, that, that have come. Newspapers have shown us reports, and we've read about uh, disarraying families, We've seen other cases whereby even people are committing suicide because of being in debt, being in a position that you find it difficult to either rescue yourself or to seek uh, for assistance, for help. I remember reading a story about someone who actually took a loan from these apps and because of the desperation, they, bet, they put that money in a sports betting app. You know, you know those the way they portray it, the possibilities, if you win this, the possibilities are huge, but they normally say the house always wins. So this is someone who borrowed probably for a genuine reason, but found themselves in more of a problem after putting that money to bed and they lost everything. And the only thing they could resort to was to take their lives, you know. So this is a big thing. By mid-2018, Mshwari alone had loaned out 230 billion Kenya shillings. And by the way, this is not money lent to the government. It is to you and me, you and me, 230 billion. We are here criticizing the government of boring all the time. <laughs> yeah? But I think it's in the fiber of society. You know, and we need to start learning what God Word says about this, so that we can we can be the light to the world. They've talked to us, they've they've influenced us. It's time for us to influence the world in terms of what God says, and it starts with us because many a times we find ourselves in situations that are difficult financially. You know, and you look at what what solution is there, and it's very hard to find a way out. You know. Uh, KNBS released a report saying that uh, three quarters of the salaried people earn 50,000 and below. So if you look at that and you look at the rising costs, you can see this justification for people to borrow. You know, you are uh, you are the head of your home, you are the only breadwinner or the person earning income in your house, you have mouths to feed, escalating costs. You'll be making memes about tomato, but in Aminouma, <laughs> it's expensive, yeah. you know, your expenses go up, your income does not go up, and emergencies find you not prepared. So you'll find yourself, for one reason or another, you'll have to borrow. And this statistic of over three quarters of the salary earning below 50,000, if you include those in informal employment, that number balloons. So many people are in a, a tight situation. Costs moving up, but you find yourself in a situation whereby you're not earning enough. So you can see this some justification for having uh, to borrow. There's an organization known as FSD Kenya. FSD supports development of financial markets. So they carried out uh, a survey, uh, a study, yeah, and their report was 
titled Tech Enabled Lending in Kenya. Just what we're talking about. So I'll, I'll just talk about some few statistics from that study, which will form a good basis for a discussion. So um, the, the people who borrow from these digital apps or these digital platforms, 37% of them uh, get these loans or borrow for business purposes, such as investment. I mean, fair enough reason, looks, looks an okay reason. 35% they borrow to meet day-to-day -day household uh, expenses, yeah? So maybe you need to buy food or something or you need to pay your rent or just something. 20% borrow to pay school fees uh, or university expenses. Still fairly good reason to borrow, seems justifiable. Then you have 15% that use it to purchase airtime. So those are just the top four, but if you go down that list, you'll find uh, reasons that are not, uh, you can say they're not really justifiable to borrow. Like you can see even 3% people borrow to actually do sports betting, yeah? But if you look at the top reasons why people borrow, they're actually legit reasons. People who need money for one reason or another to get by to the, follow, to the next day and so on and so forth. So uh, the other thing that came out from that report is that of the people who've borrowed using these platforms, 47 of them, 47% of them have repaid a loan late. So you are meant to repay a loan by 28th February. Uh, 28th, you start arguing that you said end of February, not 29th. You say that. So 47% is almost half. And the reason why someone is repaying late is not because they feel like I can pay late is because they're in a position whereby they cannot repay on time. 31% have actually defaulted, whereby they've not repaid that loan uh, at all. And for the people who have repaid the loan, they have taken, some of them have taken actions that allow them to be able to meet that need. It's not obvious that they got these finances to be able to repay. So 20% of them, they reduce their food purchases in order to be able to repay uh, a loan they are taken. So that would mean probably skipping some meals or probably having a meal that is not balanced, you know, which might lead to problems in the future. 13%, sorry, 16% uh, borrowed money to pay the loan. And as I discovered, that is something that is quite prevalent now, especially with the apps. We've talked about at least 49 apps. You'll be shocked to discover most of those apps, you can find someone with all of them in the phone. When one loan becomes due, you, you borrow from this other one to pay this one so that you don't default. You have a loan for this other app with intentions to pay, but when the time comes, you're not in a position to. So you go and register on the other app, you borrow and pay. So it becomes a vicious, a vicious cycle. 6% to repay that loan skipped paying school fees. Yeah. So you are, you're having a situation where people, of course, if you don't pay school fees, most likely you'll have to skip a semester or a year or some days out of school. Yeah? Uh, 5% sold assets and belongings in order to repay this loan. Seems fair enough, but if you ask those people, I'm sure they, those are assets they would want to hold on to. You know. Then this one really, uh, it was difficult to, 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 to understand and to stomach this one. 4% forwent medical treatment. Yeah. So you're in a position whereby you are at the corner to the point of you forego medical treatment to be able to repay that loan. Just that shows how debt can get you in a situation that's a bit uh, difficult to maneuver. Now, these digital uh, lenders, they give uh, reasons as to why people call them, why people contact customer care. So the biggest reason, 20% of the people who call, uh, customer care call to ask about the amount of money they can qualify for, fair enough. 13% request a higher loan limit. What you got is not enough, or the limit you're told does not meet your needs, so you want a higher limit. 
7% complain about their information being in Credit Reference Bureau. That means that person has defaulted already. 5% complain about an expected charge or a fee. And you see, that's what happens. When I know you're desperate for money, I'll charge you anything. But when you take that money and meet that need that is very pressing, and look back, that's when you discover this thing is a bit expensive, you know. And so unfortunately, this is the state we find ourselves in. So these people with, who have borrowed from these loan apps, they were asked whether they borrowed from other sources. And these were their responses. 17% of them said yes, they borrowed from a family member, a friend or a neighbor. We found ourselves in such a situation whereby you're borrowing or you're lending to a family member or a friend. And some of them, friendships have been broken because of that. And I'm sure we can give a story. Yeah? 9% have borrowed from a chama. Uh, very prevalent in Kenya, we have chamas. 9% uh, borrowed from a bank, 7% from a circle. Then there are others, but those are the top the top four. But I think the, 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 the key thing I wanted to draw from this survey that was done is that debt is a huge issue in this country. Whether we want it or not, debt is a huge issue in this country. But what does the Bible say concerning this topic? Having said that the Bible talks about money, does it specifically address the issue of debt? And the answer is yes. So I'll take us through a couple of verses just to understand what God is telling us. The first one is uh, Romans 13.8. Romans 13.8 says, let me read, says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. I think what I get from this message is that God expects us to repay <laughs> our debts. Yes? The only thing that should remain outstanding is we love one another. And we know when issues of money come and friendships and relationships, at times love disappears. But God is asking us that in this whole situation, love should be the only thing that we owe one another. Yeah? Two. Uh, Proverbs 22, 7. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7. The Bible says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Who works in a bank here, or has worked in a bank? Okay, I can talk. This guy is eh? <laughs> I remember when uh, I started working after a few, I think a few months or something, someone calls me and tells me, congratulations, you qualified for a loan. You know, they, they made me feel like I'm the only person in Kenya who has made certain requirements and have qualified. I felt very important. And guess what? I took a loan for no reason. Absolutely no reason. Just because I qualified. Yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you, I discovered that I was actually enslaved to these guys, to this bank, you know. Because I don't know, I cannot tell you where that money went, I'll be very honest. But I had to repay that money. And it was painful, you know. And I felt enslaved to this institution. I could not even close my account and open another in another bank. No, 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 I had to remain there, you know. So this verse is quite true that the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Uh, Psalms 37, verse 21. The book of Psalms 37, verse 21 says, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. So on one end we have the wicked, on this other end, we have the righteous. What does the wicked do? They borrow and they don't repay. The righteous gives. It's, it's, it's different. 
It's not that they borrow and, and repay. Maybe they do that. But over and above that, they give. You know? And I want us this day to declare that we are the righteousness of God. Yeah. Despite the situation we find ourselves in financially, we are the righteousness of God. Yeah. May God take us to that place whereby we are known as givers. Yeah? Yeah. Matthew chapter 5, verse 42. Matthew 5, 42 says, Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. That's a difficult one. Especially if you've gone through that situation and it has not ended in a good way. It's difficult. However, you're told, give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You think that's bad? Luke 6.35 says this, yeah? But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. <laughs> then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So I, I, I read this scripture. It, it, I am still dealing with it. It's a difficult one to swallow, yeah? But I read this scripture. It says, uh, You will be children, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Then I ask myself, have I, have I been wicked to God? Have I been ungrateful to God? Yes. I, I responded, yes. Then I asked, has God been kind to me? And the answer was yes. God is asking us to be his ambassadors yes. on earth. It's very difficult. It's a very difficult thing. But that's what God is calling us to do. This is something I know that even I have to live here and Ask God to help me because it's not very easy. As I've said, you might have gone through a situation. You know, funny, funny enough, there are, so, there, there are those who come to you for a genuine reason and maybe you're in a position to help them. Immediately, it's like they lose your number. Mm-hmm. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, and you get stories and stories and stories, and you know that saying of one beaten. But you read this scripture and you say, God, God. (laughs) So, the other scripture, the other verse, Matthew 6, 24. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, we, I think we've gotten to a place whereby, because of what society dictates to us, we've really glorified money, really. Like, if we're asked, what do you want? Most likely, we'll just say money. I want money. But what do you want to do with that money? And we forget that money is actually not the end. It's not the destination. But it will, it's a means to accomplishing the end, you know. So we need to trust God to be able to provide those things that we actually need, not money. Money is just a platform, a medium. But to actually provide those things and to put our trust in God rather than in money. If you, if you want probably to pay for your school fees for, to finish your education, how about you ask God, help me to get through school. You might be asking for the money. God, yes, will provide. But God can allow you to finish school without giving you money. I don't know whether you are aware of that. God can allow you to get that house that you're hoping for without actually giving you money. So, when you ask for money, you're actually limiting God. I don't know whether you're getting it. You're actually limiting God. If he gives you money, fair enough. But there's something you're trusting and believing God for. Yeah? Then the other verse, the final verse I want us to look at is Proverbs 22. It's two verses actually. Proverbs 22, verse 26 and 27. Proverbs 22, verse 26 and 27. And I read, it says that do not be one who shakes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. I think those 
those of us who are in circles, I am in one, I think you know the concept of guaranteeing someone. You know that very well, yeah? yeah? So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good, do your due diligence before you do that to guarantee someone. But ask yourself this, what if this person I'm guaranteeing is not able to repay their loan? Am I in a position to take that up? Because I have seen people who have been forced to repay someone else's loan. Yeah? So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying do your proper due diligence about it. Because it says here, if you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. And you know, a bed is a place of comfort. A bed is a, a, bed is a place of rest. So you can imagine how your life would be without that comfort that you have uh, in your life. So I think the three things I've gotten from God's word regarding that is one, that the borrower is a slave to the lender. The second one is that God wants us to actually lend to others. That is what God is calling us to do. He actually wants us to lend to others, to be the ones giving. And the third thing is we are required to pay back. Yes? The first one, the borrower is a slave to the lender. Second one, God is calling us to be givers and to actually lend to others. And the third thing is God wants us to pay back any outstanding debt that we have. We actually being called to pay it back. So uh, there is a discussion we normally have. No one really has the answer. It's about debt. Is debt good? Is debt bad? We've had this discussion even with our friends in, in circles that we've been in before. But the thing that I have seen a theme in terms of the responses when you ask people is that debt is only good if it if it is used towards something like an investment something that will bring future gains, you know. Something maybe like education. If you take a loan actually to, maybe to further your education, you're upscaling yourself, you know. You're increasing your knowledge, you're increasing your worth. Maybe to purchase a property that you can rent out, or maybe that is where you want to live. So the, the money you give your landlord will be yours, you know, so to speak. Or maybe it's a business. You've done your calculation, uh, I've done my research in this business, this is my projection, but I don't have the capital to start it. But if I take out a facility, this business will be able actually to pay back that loan and still help me uh, get money from it. So the, the thing is to look at, do the economic gains override the economic costs of, this, of the reason I'm taking this facility or this loan? Because the reason we'll find that we are in a hole that is becoming deeper and deeper is because the cost of taking this debt is higher than the benefits. I don't know whether you're seeing that. There's, 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 a, there's a friend of mine, uh, she took uh, debt because she wanted to go back to school. But I think, you know the way at times campus, uh, when you're going to start, they postpone, they postpone. So she had money, school is not yet here. Then there was an opportunity to invest that money, get this in an investment that will give her a higher return than the return she'll pay for the loan. Yeah. You're getting that. Yes. For instance, if, if the loan maybe you're repaying at 12% per annum, the loan, you have an investment that will give you 15%. So she actually took that money, invested it there, when she, when, when she gets the, 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 the dividends or the returns, she's able to repay the loan and remain with something. Then when it was time to go to school, she, she just took that money, paid her school fees. It actually made a lot of financial sense. You can see the economic benefits outweighed the cost of taking uh, the loan. But when you talk of debt management, there are a few pointers, I think, that are very important to put in place. Yeah. So I want us to look at five of them. The first one is we need to plan before we borrow. We need to have a plan before we borrow. I think, like me, I did not have a plan clearly. I, didn't, I don't know what I did with that money, but I had to repay that money. So it's important to plan. But your plan should 
start, go back and start with, have a vision for yourself. Have a vision for yourself, have a vision for your household, yeah? Dream big. Don't let your current financial situation hold you back from that vision. Have a vision, yeah? Then, that can be, a vision is long term. Then have short term goals that you want to achieve maybe this year, the next two years, the next three, five years, yeah? And those goals and that vision will help you put a plan now that I need this, I need this, I need this to accomplish my goals so that I attain my vision. So it's important to plan, it's important to budget. Having that vision will assist you in putting the correct things necessary in your budget. Because you can actually budget, but you have things that are not leading you to your vision. So it's important to have a vision, goals, budget accordingly towards your, your vision. The other thing I tell people is to track expenses. Still on this first topic of planning. Track your expenses. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked at the amount of wastage. I started tracking my expenses and I was shocked. If you asked me before starting to track, what takes up most of your money? Well, if you live alone, things like rent, the, the big items. You'll be shocked. That that's, it's even something that you think that, ah, iapa, atas but you'll find that you'll spend on it almost daily. Maybe something like airtime. You'll be shocked at how much at the end of the month you spend. So it's important to track your expenses because you're able to see places where you waste. And the other thing that it will help you, a lot of times you go to the supermarket and the way they, they have arranged the supermarket is very strategic. You end up buying things that were not, you are not even planned on buying. Yeah? because they, they are there, because there is an offer. And you know that thing for offer makes you feel like, Nikikuja next time, he offer it up you know. But you don't need that thing. And guess what, you'll come next time, and there are even more items on offer. There are even more items on offer. So the tracking helps you avoid some impulse buying on the way, you know. I think the main message with this topic of money is, Yes, we all need more money, but what will liberate you is not more money. It is our mindset. It is our mindset. The Bible says that uh, if you're faithful in the small things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. If you're not faithful in the small, it's very difficult to be uh, faithful in, in the large ones. So that's the first one. Because if we don't buy, we end up buying things we can't afford with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. So have a plan. The second thing is, uh, if you have your income, yeah, never use more than a third of it to repay a debt. Yeah? If your income is 100,000, for instance, don't use more than 33k, 33K yeah, to, to, to repay your debt because it affects, it affects your current, uh, your, your livelihood now. Uh, we talked about the vicious cycle, yeah? For instance, if, if in January, the month was longer than my money, and I took a loan to finish the month, yeah? It means I'm starting February in deficit, which means I'll need more money. There'll be more months in February to finish. Then I'll need another loan to take me through March. So the, the deficit is growing, the hole is becoming bigger. So try as much as possible to cut on other things. Other things, yes. Even if it means Kutokasai is Trungi, Brookside to support for the meantime, you have to take some drastic measures. Just ensure that you're not using more than a third because it will affect how you live and most likely you'll go back and borrow more. You know. The third point is Never borrow for things you desire, but don't need. Never borrow for things you desire, but don't need. I'm sure we all have desires. There are things we look at and say, wow, 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 if I can only get this, no. Just because you can afford the repayments doesn't mean you can afford the item. You know, at times, people are becoming very bright in their marketing. 
I'll tell you I'm said na kuzi hii meza. Hii meza ni let's just give it a figure 50k. Maybe you don't have that money but I'll tell you hii meza kinipatia 2k a month. It looks affordable. <laughs> it looks affordable. But the fact that you can afford the repayment does not mean you can afford the item. There are other things. Have you ever repaid for something that you took a loan and bought it in Ikaibiwa? Can you borrow it? Ikaibiwa. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or it broke down and stopped functioning. But you still have to pay back for it. <laughs> there's 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 a uh, there's one time yeah. Uh, before nowadays people pay parking using apps and all. But before that, you get to town, you look for those guys in yellow jackets. You pay. You anakupatia anakupatia receipt na kakodashboard. So I go to town. I'm looking for this guy. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm not seeing anyone. So I spotted one yellow jacket far. So he said, "Let me just go there." So I, I rushed, I rushed, I go to the guy, I told him, hey, Nataku, leave your parking. So I can be okay. So he took it, right, okay, registration number. And I said, KA. I said, KA. Hi, boy, I'm going to go to the house. So the guy saw I was in problems. Um, I have a very old, yeah. But if you look at what Paul says in Philippians 4.12, he says that I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So I think it's good to be content. I think it's important to be content because you will get that thing you desire and someone will have something better than than yours. There's someone who made a joke that I said iPhone, but iPhone. 11 yeah so anasema iPhone 11 imetokea and i'm still saving to buy iPhone 6 yeah you know yeah but at least that person saving they won't owe anything to the buy you know so that's the third one never borrow for things you desire but you don't need the fourth one is avoid borrowing on consumption items avoid borrowing on consumption items oh there's a holiday let me take uh, some money the holiday is good but thereafter what happens you know yeah we talked about buying for people actually take uh, loans to buy things like phones and so on but as we, as we say in azibiwa <laughs> when you still pay for it you know and it will not add any economic benefit because after a few months iphone 12 will okay and your phone will be outdated you know yeah so let's avoid to borrow to fund uh, consumption items let us save if you want these consumption items they're good let us save for them and get them yeah then the the last one live within your means live within your means pretending to be rich can make you poor <laughs> yeah pretending to be rich can make you poor because you'll start as i said earlier impressing people you don't even like with money you don't even have you know so it's important to live within your means it also gives you some sense of peace of mind at night when you know i may not have all the money in the world but with whatever i have i can meet my day to day needs i can go about my day to day day to day needs so it's important and remember what i say you need to be faithful in the little we always feel we have little you need to be faithful in that you want god to trust us with more but maybe you're saying i am already in debt these are good ideas you've given me but i'm already in debt what can i do what can i do there's someone called jk rowling who said that rock bottom became the solid foundation on which i rebuilt my life the good thing about being rock bottom is that the only way is up you know and i this this reminded me of uh, when i was in form 2 i think it was in form 2 um school holidays must have been august even if i'm not wrong so my dad goes to work uh, as he normally does then he comes back in the afternoon normally my dad would come back in the evening 
So he comes back just immediately after lunch, and there was like another car behind him. So the gist of the story was, uh, it, it's, it's a house we built, my dad had built on mortgage, yeah? And the company he was working for, things didn't go well. So they came, they wanted to pay, to be paid back all the money, of course, the money was not there, you know. And he told us, the guys in the car behind me, their lawyers have been told to ensure we don't sleep here tonight. So this is afternoon. So he comes, he tells us it was me, my bro, and my mom. Just do this, just start parking as I go and figure out where we'll sleep and find a truck to carry all these things. And we had to do that. It was a very, I remember it was a very difficult time because those guys actually stood there. They were not even helping just to ensure that we leave. And it was even crazier for someone like my sister. Because at that time, there were no cell phones. My sister came back from work and found Allah out of You know, so one of us had to remain to wait, you know. <laughs> but we moved to a place where half of the things could not fit into the house. So we left them outside and just prayed to God that it would not rain, you know, as we tried to organize. And I remember it was a very trying moment. But when I look back in hindsight, it was a very important time in my life which built my faith in God because I used to run to God daily for months but what I didn't understand is that I was getting closer to God because I was actually having a conversation with God every day I would not wish that on anyone but just to tell you that sometimes those difficult moments yeah they're actually solid foundation on which you can rebuild your life yeah so we can look at just five things you can someone can do when you're already in debt there are, there are more than this but these are five i felt that were quite important the first one is do not take in more debt do not take in more debt because what happens is because you are repaying and you still need to live your life you feel like i need more money to live my life do your best avoid taking in more debt because the hole that you're in will be deeper. It's like taking a shovel and digging a hole. Then when you're six feet deep, you realize, how do I get back up there? You know, that's the whole thing. So ensure, don't take more debt. The second one, which will assist you, the first one, take drastic measures because debt can be crippling. You have to take drastic measures, you know, I remember giving an illustration we were with uh, Pastor Fred, Carol, Akina Amos, and Diana last week, and just giving them an illustration of, of, of a rhino. A rhino is actually, when you look at it, it looks fierce. I mean, yeah? But it's actually one of the most fairly peaceful animals that we have. And they don't have so many enemies, rhinos, yeah? But when they are threatened, they take action. Um, a mother rhino has to protect her calves from so many predators, you know. So whenever they feel threatened, they will take action and they will charge when they feel threatened. And I think we can learn from that is that debt can be crippling. It can affect our financial independence. So we need to take a drastic measure like the rhino and charge that thing that is bringing a hindrance to us achieving our financial independence. Maybe, I don't know, these are just suggestions. Maybe discarding that credit card. Maybe. Okay, you can say that probably I, I, pay, I pay back the money before the month ends. Fair enough, but the credit card gives you an illusion of a pot that never runs dry, you know. So at times you find yourself eating into your next income. You've not received it yet, but you've already started eating it. If you're able to manage yours, fine. But if that is a problem for you, think about discarding your credit card. Maybe you have a, an issue with the loan apps. Yeah? Talked about the vicious cycle. How about getting a Mulikamwezi? Getting rid of that smartphone. Because with that smartphone, you'll just go and download those apps. You know, when, you're, when you get to that point whereby things are difficult. How about taking a drastic action? People will laugh at you, but you know the reason why you're doing that. You know? yeah? 
over and above this, ensure you have someone you're accountable to. Someone you're accountable to. Someone you ask them, you, you are, you are allowed even to look at my account, you are allowed to look at my phone, so that you ensure that I remain on this path that I've taken. Because it's very easy when you take a drastic measure to go back to what you are doing. Remember we said it's about the mindset. The third one you can do is to restructure your debt or to consolidate your debt. What do I mean by this? The Bible says we are required to pay back, so there's no discussion, you have to pay back. So there's, there's a couple uh, who had been going through an issue. They are good friends of mine. And they, it was the basis of it was finances and actually debt. Yeah? And so uh, they asked me if I can intervene. So the only thing, I was wondering how to do it because I'd never, <laughs> never intervened in such a situation before. So the only thing I did was I asked God for wisdom, I met them, and I, God just led me to avail a platform for them to talk to each other. By the way, my input there was not much. These people just needed to talk to each other. And while they were talking to each other, as I know you talk, don't, don't interrupt, you talk, you're done. Okay, what do you have to say about that? Don't interrupt. So they started talking and they actually came up with a solution, which I found that was very uh, genius of them. You've taken a number of loans, some of them 10% interest, some of them 50% interest, some of them 5% interest. How about consolidating them into the lowest? There are some financial institutions that buy loans. Yes? That I can buy this loan you have, so that you end up, instead of repaying to all these people at different interest rates, you repay to this one person at a fairly manageable interest rate which I found that genius. And actually when they did the math, it was something they could achieve. How it was before, it's something they could not achieve. But when they did the math, it is something that was actually achievable for them. So that is a, something that you can consider. Restructure your debt or consolidate your debt. Then the fourth one is, if possible, if possible, hasten the repayment, if possible. Because you don't know about tomorrow. You don't know about tomorrow. That loan, I, that loan I told you guys I took. Eh? So uh, I entered marriage with it. Eh? Thank God I disclosed. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I normally say thank God for my wife for is at one point we got some money that would allow me to clear the outstanding amount immediately. Yeah. So I, I nilinge your bank. I'm no longer a slave. You know? <laughs> so I went, I told them I want to clear. And once that was cleared, it was quite liberating. But when I went home, my wife told me, you are paying this amount, amount X, to repay your loan every month, right? Yeah. So you're used to staying without it. How about you just direct it to an investment? Don't touch that money. You are, you are used to staying without that money. Yeah. So how about you just direct it to an investment? So it's important if you are able to hasten the repayment, do it. It will liberate you. It will liberate you. Yeah. Then uh, the last and the most crucial, the last and the most crucial is we have to pray and trust in God. All these things are good ideas, yeah? But without God's help, we cannot maneuver. We cannot maneuver. Some of these things sound good theoretically, but when you try to put them into practice, you discover they're not very easy. So we need to pray to God and trust in God. Matthew 7, 9 to 11, Bible says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, if you then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is actually, it's like a dare. It's actually like a dare. For the parents that are here, you know how you can do anything for your children. You can even give your life for your children, yeah? Now God is saying, you, you're evil. Now imagine what I can do. Because you are my child. 
today we sang here that I'm a friend of God calls us friend. Yeah? And God is willing to help us in our difficult moments, difficult financial situations. Matthew 14, 19 to 20 says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So you might look at your current financial situation like two, like having two fish and five loaves and being asked to feed 5,000 people. But guess what? God did it before. He can do it again. So don't despise what you can do. The little, the little, that small step you can take today, do not despise it. Because God can use that to actually make you a giver. Not just being able to repay back, but a giver. Because we are told 12 baskets remained. Two fish, five loaves, feed 5,000 people, 12 baskets remain. Does not make sense? It's because God is in it. And God can do that for you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. I think it's very important, that last part, according to his power that is at work within us. It's important to allow God in your life. It's important to allow God in your situation. He will not, for lack of a better word, he's a gentleman, for lack of a better word, he will not force his way to your situation. You have to allow God one into your life and you have to allow God into your situation for him to be able to help you in the situation that you find yourself in. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Rubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.